Hello, I'm Marco Zaza. And I'm David Zaza. This is Concertina Died and Other Stories of the East Side. Over the years, whenever our family was gathered around the dining table, I would tell stories about growing up on the east side of Youngstown, Ohio. These are fond memories of my youth, of my Italian immigrant parents, and of the shared experiences of family. I hope that some of the pleasure and the sense of the past that I get from telling them comes through in this podcast. It's a small world, so they say. We used to joke that no matter where we went as a family, local or out of town, someone would come walking up to my dad and start talking and reminiscing. It seemed someone everywhere knew him. But then, it's something that's been passed on to my generation as well. In the 80s, my mother and teenage sister had traveled from Ohio to New York City, and in the middle of dinner in a Times Square restaurant, much to my mother's surprise, A woman walks up to my sister and says, Stephanie, is that you? Or in the 2000s, on our first family trip abroad, when a woman I knew from New York came running up to me in the London Underground, calling, David, is that you? And threw her arms around me. But my dad's story this week adds even another layer to one such encounter. But aside from the added randomness, it sparks some great memories that Marco has of his parents, their travels, and his mother's wonderful cooking. Dinner for the Goldbergs My mother was a wonderful cook, not a trained chef, of course, but rather in the way she prepared all our food with love and care. She could take even the most basic ingredients, such as beans, and turn them into delicious meals, like beans and greens, served up with her delicious homemade bread, and followed by her canned peaches, pears, or plums for dessert. My father, who was a great eater, bragged to one and all about his wife's cooking. On the spur of the moment, he would ask for some special dish that Mama prepared, and she somehow always was able to come through with it. Papa was always inviting friends or business associates to dinner, with little or no advance notice to Mama. As much as this infuriated her, she never failed to prepare terrific dinners for these guests. One of Papa's ventures in business was to import wine grapes from California to where we lived in Youngstown, Ohio. Carloads of wine grapes arrived every fall and were parked at the rail line sidings on Front Street. My father and several other competitors sold Zinfandel, Muscat, Grenache, and other wine grapes to the many Italian, Polish, and other ethnic groups in our town. The agent in California for shipping these grapes was a former Youngstown friend of Papa's, Isidore Goldberg, nicknamed Izzy, whom Papa in his broken English called Itzy. The rest of the Goldberg family remained in Youngstown. When Izzy returned to Ohio for a visit, Papa invited Izzy and his wife, and Izzy's brother Jack and his wife Elaine, for one of those impromptu dinners I recall the hustle around our house as Mama prepared a very Italian feast. First course was wedding soup, followed by pasta and Mama's wonderful tomato sauce with meatballs, brascioli, and sausage. Then roasted chicken. Later there would be salad, cheese, and fruit. 
All of this delicious food was accompanied by Papa's wine made from grapes sent by Izzy. Last night, my friend Tony Piano from Little River, South Carolina, called me from a restaurant where he and his family were dining. He had noticed a celebration going on at another table and had overheard a toast for 65th wedding anniversary, so he went over to congratulate the elderly couple. When they told him they were married in Youngstown, Ohio, he asked if they knew the Zaza family. While it turns out that the anniversary couple was Jack and Elaine Goldberg, now both 84 years old. Tony put Jack on the phone, and he and I had a wonderful conversation. His closing sentence to me was, Elaine and I, to this very day, still recall your beautiful mother, the great cook she was, and the wonderful meals she prepared for us. That sounds like a wonderful meal and uh, a nice event to be able to recall. And that this amazing coincidence that your old army friend ran into this couple randomly and didn't know who they were. And you figured all that out. But Stephanie was saying to me in our discussions that she felt the the dinner party reminded her of the movie Big Night. And where those uh, brothers make a multi-course meal for Louis Prima or something. and And that it evoked this kind of... I mean, it is really a feast. It's not just a dinner. You say yourself, a, a very Italian feast. Do you think that she was, um, your mother, do you think she was turning on the the extras because these people were not Italian? Or was it for all guests that she turned it out my mother, severely? As I said in the beginning of this story, my mother was an excellent cook. And she would not prepare anything unless she could prepare it the very best she knew how. And it didn't matter who it was for. She cooked like that for us as a family, and she cooked like that for guests. So, But surely you didn't have big multi-course meals every night. No, big multi-course meals were reserved for occasions like Christmas Eve and Thanksgiving, that type of thing. But when she knew that my father had invited the Goldbergs for dinner, she definitely pulled out all the stops because she did want to impress them. She did want to feed them genuine Italian food, and so she did. I don't know how else to tell you this, but it was not anything great for the rest of us because that's the way we ate. All the time. Even if it was beans. Was she, do you think, particularly turning it on for the Goldbergs because of what their business was with your father? Like it depended on how important the guest was to your father or his business? No, I don't think so because she would cook that same meal if they had invited the Lavadis or the Simones for dinner. So I don't think it mattered to her that it was for the Goldbergs. It might have mattered a little more because they were not Italian. Right. And so she did not have to one-up anybody. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I think maybe there was a little bit of that involved. The fact that this was one of my father's business acquaintances right. that he did business with and that he sold his grapes. So she might have wanted to make it special. Right. But she didn't change anything in the way she cooked. No, of course not. Now, tell me, how how do you remember the proceedings of the night? I mean, were you, you kids were not at the table, were you, or were you? Was this like a family kind of thing? We were all there. We, we sat at the table. They had a table that they could set up in the recreation part of the, the, the basement. It was a finished basement, by the right. way. There was a complete kitchen down there There as was well. a complete kitchen, and that's where my mother cooked. She never used her upstairs kitchen until much, much later in her life. The table they would set up, it could be dismantled. 
Anyway, we all were there, and I would venture to say that even Martha and Joe were there because it was an occasion. The Goldbergs were coming for dinner, and my father wanted his family around him. And besides, my mother made enough food for everyone, so there was no problem that way. We had a wonderful dinner. I was there. How old were you? Approximately? I was still in high school, I think. Okay. So I might have been a sophomore, maybe even a junior in high school, because I remember it very clearly. Right. Anyway, it was very nice to talk to Jack and Elaine Goldberg and uh, my friend Tony. I mean, they must have been thrilled to, yeah, they were. for him to connect you by phone. It's yeah, they were. an amazing, amazing thing. You don't talk about dessert on this menu. Did your mother make dessert? Actually, she didn't. Dessert in our home was fruit, mm-hmm. bowls of uh, oranges or apples or both, or summer fruit when it was available, or melon, but not dessert, let's say, like pudding or pie or cake, because right. my mother didn't make any of those. She didn't make anything, any pastries or cookies or anything like that? She made Italian pastries. Once a year, she would make cartadate for Christmas. Right. At Easter, she would make Easter bread. Okay. That's a little more savory than dessert. It's not really savory. It's sweet, but she had her own version. Sure. And then did they, so at the end of the meal, this food or whatever would be served, they're still drinking wine. Did they do after dinner drinks or like? Oh, there was always after dinner drinks. Uh, All of the Italian liqueurs. Mm -hmm. Amaretto. Amaretto, rosolio, cream de menthe, Uh cream de cacao, that type of thing. They would just bring them all out and and put all these bottles on the table and little shot glasses and people could pick what they wanted. And my father or my mother would pour. Right. And have maybe anisette inside the coffee. Always anisette and always black coffee served afterward. Nice. And then was it, was, were the conversations around the dinner table at all business oriented or was it just visiting? It was a mixture of business oriented. And of course, uh, the Goldbergs were raving about my mother's food. Mm-hmm. and complimenting her on everything they tasted and ate. But uh, my father would inject some of the grape business into the conversation. Like the last boxcar of grapes you sent had uh, too many rotten grapes in them or something like that. He never could give a compliment without also telling you what was wrong with with. <laughs> anyway, the Goldbergs were fine people and uh, accepted anything he said with a grain of salt. Sure. Now, let's talk about the Goldbergs for a second. They were from Youngstown, but now based in California. Correct. Were they in California for grapes, or were they in California for shipping and, and distribution? They moved to California. They lived in California. Right. For and they, but what was their... Were they growing grapes in California? No. They were, impo- they were, they were importer-exporter people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, they did not grow grapes. And where were they in California? I don't really know. And would they be the reason that Grandpa went to California? Yes, uh, you've he told wanted, me. You've told me a little bit about his travels. He he drove to California. He wanted to go to Izzy, Itzy, uh-huh. and uh, he wanted to see where he lived. And sometimes, uh, I suppose, when he went to California, Itzy would take him. I called him Itzy. Sure, Itzy would take him to the vineyards so that my father could see where the grapes were grown. But he only did that once. He didn't. Uh-huh. He didn't make more than one trip to California. Did he think it was a long trip driving? No. He didn't think any driving was too long. They went to Florida every year, and he made the one trip to California, and they made one trip to Texas when I was stationed in Texas. Did they? Yes. They oh, came to see I me. Didn't know that. That's when he found out I smoked. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Was this a problem? Well, they didn't approve of smoking. Uh-huh. And Your father didn't smoke? No, he used to as a young man, but he had quit many, oh. many years ago. He used to say to us, if you want to smoke, you should have one cigarette every few days. Sure. And he didn't know anything about the Addiction. habit yeah. and how it got into your bloodstream and all of that. Yeah. So when they came to Texas to see me, I was so excited to see them. I had a pack of cigarettes in my pocket. And seeing my parents, and after greeting them and hugging them or whatever, I took a cigarette out, I put it in my mouth, and I lit it. And my father looked at me, and he said, I didn't know you smoked. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, if you had told me, I would have brought you a carton of cigarettes. (laughs) But he said it very sarcastically. His one trip out west to um, California, there's something that he used to say about driving to California and how quickly you would get there. (laughs) But I can't remember. Well, he said, California is not a long trip. He would say, Do donuts, una tazza di caffè, e arrivi in California. (laughs) That's great. And this was born out of his one trip there. That's right. He traveled around a bit. I, I remember you... Saying something about, I'm, I'm really unclear about what this is. I want to say he went to Central America or he had a Panama hat. He did. My father's brother, Giuseppe, left Italy in a huff. He was doing... <laughs> like a Zaza would. He was doing work that he didn't want to do. He was painting and he fell off of a scaffold and he broke both of his legs. Aye. And so despite his parents, he left Italy and he went to Panama. Why he didn't come to the United States, I don't know, but he went to Panama. And in Panama, he opened a bar with the house of prostitution upstairs. <laughs> anyway. He opened a bordello. Right. My father did keep in touch with him somehow by letters or whatever. Eventually, he went to visit him. And then he got, received notice that his brother had died. Huh. And so he told my mother he had to go down because his brother owned a business and he had to take care of things. But... His nephew from Italy beat him down there, Uh and he took over the business. And when my father got there, there was nothing for my father to do. And the nephew told my father, there's nothing. He had no money. He had no nothing. He had this business, and he left it to me. Sure. So my father came home, and that was the end of that. Did he buy a hat? He bought two Panama hats. They came in. They were rolled up, and then he had them blocked in Youngstown, and he wore them. And was that the extent of your your father's and your both parents' travel? One vacation to California, your father's ostensibly business trip, family business trip to Panama, and then... And then, like, yearly drives down to Florida? Every year, they went to Florida. Where did they go? They left sometime after when winter would set in, and they would go to Florida. For months, you mean? Yeah, they'd be there two or three months. This was after you were out of the house? No. Really? I was still living at the house, but Martha and Joe lived right behind us, and they took care of us. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, you were still You were still, you were in high school? Yeah. They would go to Florida and rent an apartment there and stay there Mm -hmm. until the one year when my mother refused to go because she said, we go to Florida and he wants to invite everybody he meets on the beach to come and eat with us and I have to cook for all these people. And she said, and I'm not going down there to cook for anybody. (laughs) Yeah. So she didn't, she refused to go and he went without her and he came home right away because he didn't have anybody to boss around. (laughs) He had to find his own food. Right. Anyway, that's that's a whole other story. And that's the last time they went. Or they probably went again. They went again, but he learned his lesson. He didn't Uh invite so many people to eat with them. 
I mean, why would she want to I mean, be... she didn't have the conveniences of her yes. home. It was one thing when they were in Youngstown. Yeah. And he would come home and he'd say, I invited so-and-so to eat with us tonight. And then she'd pull it together. She'd pull it together. She could. She was down there and she didn't have her kitchen. She didn't have her utensils. Yeah. She didn't have anything. So she said, I'm not doing that anymore. And she did. not And he learned a lesson. She was good at teaching him lessons. It sounds like he needed them. You want a little side story? Yeah. When my brother Nick and his wife eloped, instead of having the wedding that they were supposed to have. You mean there was a wedding planned? Yeah, there was a wedding being planned. But they eloped to wherever, I don't know, Florida or someplace. Anyway, when they came home, they were going to have a church wedding because they were not married in the church. And my father said he wasn't going. He refused to go to Nick's wedding in the church. Because he had abandoned the family right. plan to make this right. wedding and so my mother else. said i'm going and she and martha and palma went to the wedding where were you i was home but i didn't get invited to that anyway it was like a day trip you know to cleveland sure. they go to cleveland they went to the church they had a dinner and they came home anyway about a year later friends of my father who lived in massachusetts cape cod they lived in cape cod their daughter was getting married. And my father said to my mother, we have to go to this wedding. Uh-huh. So my mother said, okay. So they went to the wedding. And the morning of the wedding, there was no dress clothes for my father. She didn't pack one thing for him, like a suit or... And he said, what do you mean? How are we going to go? She said, we're not going to this wedding. <laughs> he said, but you said you wanted to go. She said, no. I said, we're going, but I didn't want to go. And I'm not going to this wedding. You didn't go to your own son's wedding, and I'm not going <laughs> uh-huh. to this wedding. So she taught him a second lesson. Right. He was madder in hell. I bet. But there was nothing he could do. He wasn't going to go to a wedding in his street clothes. And he wasn't going to go buy a suit. Right. Well, his suits were all tailor-made because he was a little guy. Right. And he couldn't buy a suit off the rack anyway. <laughs> so that's a side story about my father and my mother. And, and, their, and, and their travels. And their travels. Okay. Any last thoughts on dinner for the Goldbergs? I miss my mother's cooking sometimes. <laughs> I bet you do. Although Marie is a wonderful cook. I'm sure, but... I want to leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to eat tonight. Yeah, yeah you're not, you're not going to get in trouble over missing your mother's cooking. I think that's a forgivable sentiment. <laughs> she made the best pizza in the world. <laughs> I bet. I would like to taste that. I want to again thank my sister, Stephanie Zaza, who took some time to bring out some discussion points with me before we made this episode. We grew up with my dad always saying, Two donuts, tazza di caffè, arriva California. And it's great to hear him now tell where that came from. So, salute to the Goldbergs for that one. The music in this week's episode is appropriately the third variation from Bach's Goldberg Variations, as performed by Kimiko Ishizaka, whose entire recording I highly recommend. It's available wherever you stream music, and also at opengoldbergvariations.org. Next week, my father's mother does some traveling on her own. So bid mama viaggi sicuri, Marco, and I'll talk to you next week.